0: Thank you for being with us and uh, following up on that conversation about St. Patrick's Day. uh, Matt Clark joins us with the Alabama Center for Law and Liberty. Uh, Matt, did you wear green today or did you wear blue today?
1: (laughs) Well, you know what? Right now I'm wearing blue, but uh, the the reason is I'm working from home. I I came down with a nasty stomach bug that stopped me from going in.
0: Oh, no. I was kind
1: of mad about it. yeah, I wanted to. I, I, I bought an Irish uh, American flag uh, lapel pin just for today, and I didn't get
0: to wear it. So oh, okay. Bad. Well, our past guest just informed us we're, that Protestants we should be wearing blue today. So, um, oh, yeah, interesting. So uh, you'll have to go back and listen. I don't. I, I don't think I could. I don't think I could break it back down for you. But it was very interesting. So uh, you're, you're a very learned man. You'd probably enjoy hearing, uh, hearing this. Uh, but let's get into something even more important, and that's what happened down in the city of Prattville. Uh, and just tell us the story. We, we have um, a gentleman there out uh, basically preaching out loud in the open air, and he winds up becoming your, your client. Um, where was this? When did it happen? Run it down for us.
1: Sure. So towards the end of December of last year, I think the exact date was uh, December 16th. Um, but the, the, my client is named Angelo Wilson. He's uh, 26 years old, I believe, so a fairly young guy. Um, but he was preaching outside of the Target in Prattville. So if you've been around the Prattville area, we got a big Target that's just right off the interstate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a big old anchor tenant and a huge shopping center right there. Um, I mean, you know get, gets a gets a ton of traffic and a ton of foot traffic yeah. and and believe it or not, I had actually heard Angelo preach before now i you know I couldn't testify about this at trial because I'd be his lawyer but um you know there have been times where I've gone down at that area you know for uh for business they got an office depot right there, so if I need office supplies and I'm working from home, that's usually where i go and I've actually heard Angelo preach before uh and, and I like him because he's He's actually a pretty soft-spoken guy, so even in the tension within the sound amplification with him, he's not a shouter.
0: He's not a screamer,
1: um, and even with amplification, uh, you know, you kind of have to listen to hear him a little bit because he's, he's not going to be the kind of guy that blows you away. If, okay. um, you know, if, if, if you're in the area, um, so is he right out anyways, in front of
0: Target, or is he out in the parking lot? Like, where is he located? He, he was
1: in. He was on a public sidewalk outside. Public Park,
0: sidewalk. Okay, so, all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: so, you know, I'd heard him preach there a couple times before. tried to give him a thumbs up or, you know, something like that because appreciate him getting out there and preaching. Well, anyway, on December 16th, uh, so just, you know, less than 10 days before Christmas, he's out there. And there's an officer with the Prattville Police Department that is on patrol. Um, as far as we can tell, nobody complained, uh, but just the officer saw what was going on. And Prattville does have a city ordinance saying that if you want to have a sound amplification system uh, out in public, you got to get a permit from the police department first. Um, in my opinion, that that, that is constitutionally questionable. Um, we do have an older decision from the U.S. Supreme Court in the, the 1940s that says that that's unconstitutional. Now, there, there have been some subsequent decisions that have kind of undermined that a little bit, so it kind of leaves it in a gray area. Uh, but regardless, the officer approaches and tells my client, "Hey, um, you, uh, you, get, you, you need a permit, and you don't have that, so you got to stop." Well, let's start arguing about it a little bit, and and before you know it, the officer starts escalating this, saying, "Look, you know, not not only are you violating the city ordinance, but now you're being uh, disorderly." And then he finally arrested him and charged him with disorderly conduct. Um, so. Here's one of the problems with what happened here. Disorderly conduct is a separate and, and uh, a more serious offense than just simply violating a, a city ordinance like that. Uh, if you look at the city ordinance uh, in Prattville, it says you've got to have this amplification system. However, it, it doesn't uh, – at least that ordinance itself doesn't attach any criminal penalties. Hmm. Um, you, you, you can argue that maybe some others do, but the, but the bottom line is it, just from a common-sense approach, if if you find yourself using an amplifier um you know uh w- without a permit then you know they, they have the right to you know tell you to stop but you know disorderly conduct is a criminal offense uh th- that comes with a, a 500 dollars fine or a three months jail or both um so before you know it it's like you got a guy who, who's you know not not a screamer not a shouter that nobody was complaining about that's just trying to preach the word um you know out in the open because he's kind of soft spoken he needs a little bit of help in order to be heard and before you know it, he's he's slapped in handcuffs, taken down to uh, the police station and being charged as a criminal. So that was pretty shocking seeing that happen in Prattville, Alabama, i got to say.
0: Sure. Now, was the officer, was he sent there to do it, or did he just see it and sort of act on his own?
1: Yeah, from what we can tell, it looks like he just he was patrolling the area. He saw it. And he acted on his own. But, okay. Uh, from from what we know, nobody called and complained. Um, it might have been one thing if you know he was being loud. And, disrupting people inside the store or if he's being so loud he's hurting somebody's ears. I mean, you know, try to be reasonable about this. But as far as we can tell, none of that was happening.
0: So how does he wind up becoming your—do you wind up becoming his attorney?
1: Yeah, so uh, he had a friend uh, named uh, David Day, who um, is kind of a street preacher in the Montgomery area. And uh, David heard about it. David called me, and he said, hey, um, I got a buddy who— just got arrested for this. Is this something that you all take? And I said, Well, yeah, religious liberty and, and free speech are issues that we deal with. So let me talk to him. Uh, so talked to Mr. Wilson, and you know, it seemed to me that there there were two problems here. Number one, um, it was simply not disorderly conduct. So you know, I, I talked about the the penalties that come with you know the city ordinance versus the the, the disorderly conduct law. And not only do you have a problem with the penalties, but when you look at the disorderly conduct law, it, it is not like this, this general law that says, "Hey, if somebody's being disorderly, you can you, you can um, uh, you can prosecute them." Instead, there are very very specific offenses that it prohibits, and you have to have a certain state of mind in order to do that. And, and neither of them are President Wilson's case. So, number one, I'm like, this is simply not disorderly conduct. And number two. Got some severe questions here about uh, whether the the officer's conduct was constitutional, even if he had somehow been engaging with disorderly conduct. Because free speech and free exercise of religion, you know, guarantee your right to speak and and to uh, carry out your faith. Um, so we we had a lot of questions about uh, whether that was even constitutional. So so for both of those reasons, we decided to take his case and represent him.
0: Now there would be both a a, a state constitutionality and a federal constitutionality
1: yes absolutely issues. so yeah yeah you're absolutely right and one of the interesting things about this case is i think the alabama constitution provided even more protection for mr wilson at the state than pardon me than the federal constitution did um so you know as i'm sure a lot of your listeners know each state has its own constitution in addition to the national one but you know if you have a state constitution it can pr- it can protect liberty even more than the federal does so here in Alabama, uh, our religious freedom law uh, imposes the, the toughest legal standard possible. Um, if free exercise of religion is a bridge. That that's called strict scrutiny. And, and basically, it, I'm try, try to put this in layman's terms here and avoid all the legalese.
0: Yeah, please do. Because you're talking to a layman here. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Lawyers are weird people. We we, we spend three years learning how to speak legalese, and then we got to remember how to speak English. So it's um, <laughs> help me, help me. Not a fun process. Yeah. Um, so basically, the Alabama Constitution says the only way that you can abridge religious freedom is if you are serving a, an interest of the highest order. So, so things like trying to protect life and limb. All right. So like if a if, if a radical Muslim tries to engage in jihad and starts killing innocent people, and they try to stop him, he can't say it's my it's my religion. He's like, no. Right. Our law explicitly says stuff like that. You can't do that. Um, and then second, even if you're pursuing an interest of the highest order, you have to do it in the least restrictive manner possible. So basically, you got not only are you trying to pursue the right objective, but you really have no other choice except to do it this way. Um, so for Mr. Wilson, number one, look, trying to stop you know a street preacher from preaching over amplification, it, it just ain't up there with stuff like stopping people from getting killed. It's yeah. not. So government failed that and then second in terms of the ways that you get it done look there are other ways that they could have done this like the the, the first thing that comes to mind is they could have waited until people complained if uh, if he was bothering people you know by being too loud mm-hmm. or something like that but they didn't do that uh, they also could have um, uh, the, 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 there are a number of other things they could have done too they could have brought out like a, uh, a decibel reading machine that measures how loud he was rather than go with this whole uh, cookie cutter approach of if you've got a Amp, you got to get approval first, but they didn't do that either. So, under the Alabama Constitution, and uh, I think we had a solid case. Um, the Alabama Constitution's really, uh, free speech provision the, the, at the heart of it really is a freedom from prior restraint. Uh, so, so, so the bottom line is um, we, under the Alabama Constitution, I think our free speech clause guarantees that you don't have to get a permit first. You're free to engage in the conduct, but then you're liable if you do things like create a nuisance or something like that. But you don't have to get the government's permission before you speak. So I think in this case, Greg, that the Alabama Constitution provided even more protection than the federal did. Uh, So I think that left us with a really strong
0: case. Well, very interesting. And uh, this is Matt Clark with the Alabama Center for Law and Liberty, and uh, he's got a great um, uh, piece where he outlines a lot of this uh, There on 1819 News And so we encourage you to check that out You can read more about it uh, Matt one of the reasons I really wanted to talk about this I wanted to hear his story uh, And how you got involved in it but, uh, but then bring out How this affects or could affect uh, People You know wanting to Maybe they're not using amplification But uh, maybe you know, maybe most of us Wouldn't get a loudspeaker and go out to Target and preach Okay, Some will But many of us may feel led to go uh, witnessing, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe uh, share scripture or ask people if they're saved or if they know Christ or, you know, know, what would they say if they were to die, you know, to make their way to heaven or, you know, those kind of, you know, kind of evangelism type tactics. Uh, And and what I hear you saying is uh, certainly those would be protected under Alabama Constitution and federal as well.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. So, um... You know, I'll answer that in two parts. Number one, legally, and then you know, number two, taking a account of the spiritual reality of what's going on. So, so legally, uh, you know, your right to go out and, and witness people is protected uh, in at least four different ways. You got both the, the free exercise clause of the First Amendment, you got the free speech clause of the First Amendment, and then you know, at the state level, uh, you have uh, the rights of free speech and free exercise protected by the Alabama Constitution. And I think they Provide even more protection than the federal does. So th- there is absolutely no question the, the forms of evangelism that um, you are uh, discussing, you know, are absolutely protected. Now, I think what gets a little bit tricky with things like sound amplification is that. Um, the government does it. It, it does have uh, some rights to not regulate what you say, but the time, place, and manner in which you sure. do it. So, for instance, you know, yeah, like if, if somebody wanted to evangelize a specific person and they showed up uh, at 2 a.m. outside their house, you know, uh, with, with like you know very loud sound application, hopefully all of us could agree. All right, you don't have the right to do that. Right. Um, so. Stuff like that, where it's not what you say, but, you know, when you say it, how loud you are, you know, stuff like that. The government does have some right to step in and um, and regulate that. But if somebody somebody wanted to
0: go out Saturday evening to the uh, basketball games in Birmingham and just have conversations or stand on a corner and, you know, read scripture aloud or things like, no problem there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I don't think there's any problem
0: okay. there. because part um, of the fear of this is people see these stories in the news and they hear, oh, this guy got arrested for preaching, and then they it, it, it creates a, uh, you know, almost a fear of people. Oh, I better be careful what I do. You know, if I'm out, you know, sharing sharing, you know, scripture or witnessing to people about my faith, then uh, I could get arrested. It, it creates this problem, and and that shouldn't. I don't want that to happen.
1: Yeah, and and that that was one of my biggest fears too, which is why I thought it was so important to defend Mr. Wilson, um, because you're right, people watch and then they get the message. Uh oh, you know, what what about me next? So uh, that's why you got to stick up for uh, rights like this, otherwise we lose them. And then, you know, as, as Christians, we know that, look, we're, we're not just standing on a street corner, you know, spouting off opinions about, you know, things that we think. Instead, we're trying to share the eternal truth of the gospel with people so that when they die, they spend eternity with Christ in heaven instead of, you know, burning forever in hell. There really is nothing more important than that um, but if people think, oh, oh, I could be arrested just for talking to people about Jesus, right. uh, then, you know, not only do, do you lose liberty, but a lot of people go to hell because of it. And, well, and that, that is absolutely not acceptable.
0: Well, that's Matt Clark, uh, part attorney, part evangelist. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Alabama Center for Law and Liberty, tell folks about what you do and how they can support you in cases like this.
1: Sure. Uh, So our website is alabamalawandliberty.org. Feel free to check us out got a breakdown of the cases that uh, we're doing, and uh, we are a 501c3, so if people want to give, that's completely tax-deductible. Uh, we're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Law and Liberty AL. Um, we're trying to increase our presence on Twitter and Instagram uh, a little bit more, especially after Elon Musk took over Twitter, but uh, you know, Facebook's where we got most of our activity. But, but yeah, we're on all three platforms under, under that handle.
0: What are you on Twitter now? What's the...
1: It's
0: uh, Law and Liberty AL. All right. I'm going I'm to look you up. I, I, I'm doing that as well. I've never been real active on Twitter, uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be more active now, just like you're saying. Same same thing. So uh, I, I want to find you on there. That'll be great. All righty. Matt That's Clark, cool. well, thank you for what you do. Thank you for uh, defending um, this uh, this preacher, Angelo Wilson. And I thank God for him having the boldness to do to do what he did. And I pray that we would all have a holy boldness to uh, share the gospel and uh, the reality of sin and eternity uh, with those people around us. So, Matt, we appreciate you, my friend.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Greg. Really appreciate you, brother.